0: You are listening to The Clarity Talk. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Clarity Talk show. It's a show bar I try to bring people from different backgrounds and industries. hoti hain about their career and their life so that you can take lessons from their journey and start your own. This time we have with us the very amazing Paul Sandeep. Paul is India's leading industrial product designer. He has won the prestigious Red Dot Award in designing twice. And by the way, he is the only industrial product designer from India who has been a speaker at TEDx three times. He has designed more than 700 innovative products and one of his products was so good that the Danish Design Museum decided to put it in their permanent collection since 2009. Paul is definitely a designing genius. In this episode I discussed also discussed kia about his experience as a product designer and how he started. We talked about certain designing concepts, ideas and his contributions towards the field. He shares his approach towards designing and last May he has some valuable tips for young people. So if you are a design student or someone interested into designing, you should definitely watch this episode till the end. Trust me when I say this, I was thrilled to have this conversation with Paul. Paul is such an amazing person and his approach towards life and designing is so unique that I know you will definitely enjoy listening to him. So without further ado, let's get right into the conversation. Thank you so much, sir, for coming to my show. I'm really excited and delighted to have you here. Uh, How are you?
1: I'm fine. And thank you, Shubh, uh, for having me on your show. I'm really excited to talk to you. Yes, sir.
0: So in this show, we'll talk about a lot of things in and around product designing, industrial product designing. We'll talk about what goes in the brain of a designer. We'll talk about the past and the future of design designing, how it has evolved and everything. But first let us talk about you and your experience so far as a product designer, we'll start off by asking you that how and why did you choose industrial product designing? Tell us about the whole journey.
1: Okay. Now that's a very interesting question, because um, uh, I happened to become an industrial designer. It was by chance, because uh, I was not aware of uh, this profession. Because probably uh, not many people were talking about this profession at that point in time. Uh, this is somewhere uh, around uh, 2000 and 2001, when yes. I got to know about design. <laughs> Actually, I was doing my electrical engineering. And um, I was also a professional cartoonist. Okay, with observation, and that's why probably I was—I uh, had my own pocket column. So I used to observe things around me and uh, make fun of them and criticize them through my illustrations and cartoons. Mm. But you know, one fine day I realized that you know I have this technical knowledge which I'm acquiring through my engineering studies, and I have my. Uh, observation skills as a cartoonist. So, What if I could combine these two uh, skill sets and then be more productive and uh, could do something for the society instead of just uh, criticizing the things around me. Can I actually start uh, from a problem identifier to a problem solver? I think that was the thought uh, and then, fortunately, uh, I came across a design, uh, an inter-college competition, where uh, I got to know about product design, and I designed a product uh, during that competition, uh, um, and won the first prize. So that was a big impetus for me to actually look at industrial design as a as a professional career. Yes. And uh, then I, you know, researched further and got to know about NID Amdabad, National Institute of Design Amtabath, okay. and then did my post-graduation in industrial design uh, from NID Amdabad. So that's how I became a designer. Mm. Uh, what,
0: what, what is the role of an industrial product design? What exactly are you supposed to do?
1: Yes. Uh, so most people consider industrial designers as part of the R&D team. Right research and development of any company. But there's a fine difference between uh, 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 an engineering designer and an industrial designer. And you know, I can tell you exactly the, what's the difference because I'm, I'm partly both, because I'm trained in engineering design as well,
0: right?
1: because I'm an electrical engineer, but I practice industrial design. What happens is that whenever a company uh, wishes to revamp the look and feel of the product, mm. Or wishes to add some new utilities or create a come up with new USPs, you know, unique selling propositions. We call it in a product. Or it could be just uh, CMF, like changing the color, form, and texture of a product. So that's the time when industrial designers know uh, play a very important role in creating those products which are differentiated from the market. Okay, that helps the brand to. Uh, in a very positive business growth uh, route it takes the brand towards a very positive business growth wow so that we is are, we, are, we are we are partly artists we are partly engineers so the both if you combine so
0: you believe that your engineering degree and the knowledge that you acquired through your engineering has really helped you in this uh, product designing journey
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And um, it, it helped me in two folds. One, definitely because I had the aptitude, which was required for you know technical know how to understand right. technical stuff. And also because it instilled a, a kind of faith and confidence in my clientele. Mm-hmm. Yes, that okay, this is an engineer, and he would <laughs> understand the engineering. So it, it worked both ways.
0: Yeah, that is really exciting. Yes. And especially because you had the knowledge of engineering, you could you already know a lot about products and a lot about different materials using that knowledge. Yes. You could have a better vision of what are the ways through which I can solve this problem. So exactly. uh, observation was exactly. something which was already there in you. And engineering gave you a platform to solve the problems yes. using those observations. Uh, you yes. did engineering, Absolutely. you did engineering, and then you got into designing and you yes. did your masters from NID Ahmedabad that certainly gave you yes. some edge. So, definitely. I mean, I talk to my peers and talk to my friends who are currently doing in, uh, designing and they have this question that does it really matter to belong to a prestigious university like NID? Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: uh, see there, uh, uh, I think NID has definitely played a very important, a pivotal role in turning my life around, actually, because what happens is that. Uh, Uh, the advantage of being from a prestigious institute is that people give you a chance to explore that is the biggest advantage because what happens is when we design something it's not it's, it's a very huge investment from the company's point of view to invest in the design because it has to go to a lot of development process so there are a lot of revenues involved in the in the entire uh, gamut of create, from converting an idea to a product right so it's about taking risk so what happens is that if you are from a uh, good institute then it is expected that you come with some skill sets that you would reduce the risk of investment you understand know, that otherwise, is
0: true.
1: yes otherwise there is no difference between you know the a student from A college and student from B college can both perform exceptionally well, and a student from uh, a not so popular college can exceed in his performance. Mm. But to start your career, it definitely helps because, as I said, people are risking their money onto your ideas. Yes, so they want it from the best.
0: So, so that definitely gives a jump start. But how I look at it is that if you are able to build that trust using your you know not just your university but your products and your designs that can bridge the gap right
1: absolutely like for example i am from a private engineering college ha ah, yes right. right so but then if you see if you compare uh, uh, my output as an individual coming out from a private engineering college probably it is definitely at par or maybe beyond any other guy from an iit right right who would have developed new products that is true, really nice. guys. The same happens with NID and in design platform also. Every platform, it definitely helps you, but if you, if you can't get through, it's not the uh, end of it.
0: Okay, okay. That was really insightful. So let's steer this conversation towards product designing. Uh, I want you to share with, with the listeners that what goes in the brain of a product designer? Like, How do you guys approach a problem? See,
1: uh, there are two to three ways to approach uh, any any design uh, challenge. One is when we are trying to identify a new uh, opportunity to create a product. Maybe a product does not exist in that space altogether. Right. So this is one way of approaching it. Second, as I said, which is a regular requirement from the industry, which is to uh, improve upon the performance, improve upon the, uh, on the aesthetics of the product.
0: Mm. Right.
1: Right. And the and the third direction wherein an industrial designer also works is in, in the craft sector, wherein you use age-old techniques and try to you know, use those techniques to create something new. Mm. Right. Now I'll, I'll share an example where you'll understand uh, how an industrial designer can actually uh, add value. We call it multi-functionality. Right? Now for example, uh, let's let's take this example of a regular. A spike guard. Right? Yes, yes. So this actually opens up. Oh, wow. Oh, so okay. you. Okay, okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> so this actually had a uh, uh, USB, USB charger. Uh-huh. So this is basically your USB charger for your cell phone or any other accessory. And this is actually your spike guard. But what I've done is I've combined both the utilities. Utility, yeah. And now you have one, both the utilities in one product. It,
0: this is what you also did with that utility box beneath the refrigerators, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> that is really, right. Yeah, that was really innovative. I want you take, to talk about
1: that. You take two, you take two different uh, applications, and you bring them together. And you create a new product solution altogether. Wow. Okay. Now I'll share another example uh, from which is stemming from observation. Okay. Hmm. Now, if you look at any multi plug, which is uh, straight on the top, front and flat. Yes. A problem which we normally face is that the two pin plug would fall off due to gravity. Ah, uh, yes. The two pin one becomes loose and fall off. Right. So what I did was very simple. I added an angle of forty degrees. Wow! And suddenly, the two-pin plug then gets sits properly, and it doesn't fall off.
0: Y- you talk about harnessing the power of gravity,
1: which is earlier the problem. Exactly. 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 You know, and, and this has become one of the best sellers on Amazon. Right. You know, I've seen that product so
0: many times, and I did not know that this product was designed by an Indian industrial designer, and I was really amazed discovering it here, day before yesterday.
1: Great. You know, another satisfaction is, is for me is that I try to create uh, super normal designs. Mm. You know, the fact that when you look at a product, you just enjoy the utility, you don't think of it as a designer product. Right. That is what I think I take most pride in. That it doesn't have to scream that you know that I'm a designer product, but it has to solve the problem and, and gently become a part of your lifestyle.
0: And you do all of this through the process which you call innovation by observation. Absolutely, right. Since when have you been following this innovation by observation?
1: Uh, The day I realized I want to become an industrial designer, Mm. uh, probably just before that, I realized this fact uh, that this is what I was gifted with. Oh, right. And I'll give you an example. When I, 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 I talked to you about working in the newspapers while I was doing my engineering, mm. right, in my final year. So I was actually working in the night shift.
0: right.
1: So when I, my, my timings were from eight thirty in the evening to three thirty in the morning. So when I, when I got back from office, many a times I would see these newspaper guys roll up the newspapers, pack, pack it up in their bags, and then later during the day, they would go up and throw these newspapers to different heights. Hmm. I felt that was a humongous task to be done on a daily basis. Right. So I had thought of a newspaper launcher. So, and, and that is the product which got the award at the design competition, ah. the first design award. That was so your first design I, award. Yes. And you so were still in engineering college back then. Yes. Yes. I was in my... Uh, final year of engineering, and uh, so that was the point when I realized that I had observed a problem, and I had created a solution which doesn't exist. Hmm. So since then I have been, you know, trying to uh, sharpen that skill of okay. observation. Yeah. Okay, so
0: uh, Sandeep, I, I, sir, I want you to also mention that you are in this industry for quite long for for quite a long time. And you must have seen designing evolved in the past few uh, decades. Could you share your insight as to how this evolution has taken place? Where do you see Indian designing scene to go
1: from here and everything around it? I think uh, see the basic criteria of being innovative hasn't changed. The basic criteria of being able to visualize hasn't changed. But what has changed is other tools and the techniques. Like, like when I was in design school, we were taught to create hand renders through markers. Mm. Right? But these days, uh, kids use uh, digital techniques. Uh-huh. We draw on Wacom, but back then we used to draw on paper. Mm. I still draw on paper. Okay. Right? But again, uh, probably a-, a generation of designers before me would draft everything on the drawing board and create 2D drawings for the, mm. for the product. But these days, we don't create 2D drawings. We straight away create the 3D data. Okay. So the approach. a so lot of techniques. The approach is same, but the techniques, is
0: same. techniques have changed. The
1: techniques have evolved. And uh, yes, and I'm slowly moving towards artificial intelligence helping, aiding designers to create objects. I think that's the new era we are entering mm-hmm. into, which is challenging the creativity. But I strongly feel, uh, you know, creative intelligence will win over artificial intelligence.
0: (laughs) Wow, that is amazing. Uh, I mean, I want you to uh, talk more about artificial intelligence and uh, the automation, which is coming in almost every field. And I had this concern, I I was reading about and I had this concern that to some extent, there are different artificial intelligence tools, which can actually give you solutions to many of your problems in this land landscape. What do you think is the role of? of a product designer
1: See, uh, the role of a product designer in this particular landscape is creating that emotional connect
0: oh wow yes yes, yes.
1: i'll tell you something do you know what the difference between motion and life
0: uh, motion could be inanimate but life has to have soul and you know uh, life
1: exactly exactly and i'll give you a very small example like for example if my finger were a robot and hmm. if it has to move like this only this part will move. But in life, only this part is not moving. There are a lot of things along with it which is moving.: Yes, yes, yes. Which in the animation industry is called rigging? Rigging.. Wow. So it connects one movement with multiple other movements to make it look like life. OK. Right. So what I that's why I'm saying that artificial intelligence will always be a step behind creative intelligence, So you still have to be imaginative. Mm-hmm. You can create a solution, but whether that solution creates that wow factor or not, will still have to have require a human touch.
0: That's on that's your take on artificial intelligence that no matter yes. how yes. advanced we get to get that human touch, yes. you need, uh, yes. you know, art, uh, artists. And you know, product designers, creative creative
1: intelligence,
0: creative intelligence. Okay. Yes, Uh, sir. uh, So I also want to talk about that. What do you think? How much demand is there for a product designer? And this question is from a completely employment perspective. If there is someone uh, listening to this podcast right now and thinking of joining product designing as a career, uh, what what do you think the market has for them?
1: See, uh, in fact, while in design school, most of us are kind of. uh, nudge towards becoming entrepreneurs uh but nonetheless uh there are a lot of opportunities these days in fact i myself have worked with lg electronics which gave me a lot of good exposure working with mnc so i think as i mentioned uh, uh, designers in the previous generation probably had to become entrepreneurs because there was no other employment source but uh in my uh, generation and the coming, I think there is a lot of scope in the uh, in the corporate sector for companies having actually in-house design teams. So definitely, the requirement for industrial designers are on is, is on the rise. And uh, but nonetheless, uh, entrepreneurship has its own uh, uh, you know charm. So and most designers tend to become entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So that's what. I can say, but there's a growing demand of designers in the, in the trade. You have your own studio.
0: Yes. When, when did you decide to start your own studio?
1: I always wanted to. I was waiting for the right time and the right amount of momentum. Uh, I waited for 10 years uh, while I was working with LG Electronics, honing my skills and creating, building my portfolio. Okay. And uh, then I, I started off my own.
0: Okay, so did you face, uh, what are the challenges you faced when you were starting off your own uh, studio?
1: No, well, I, I would say I didn't face any, any such challenge because it was very well planned mm-hmm. uh, that I have to build a certain uh, you know, reputation in the trade and then come out as a service provider. Mm-hmm. So uh, while I was working with LG Electronics, I had created some of the best sellers in the trade like, for example, the, uh, the washing machine, the top-loading washing machine for LG electronics was designed by me in 2006. It sold uh, for more than, uh, I think, 14 years. They were selling only that specific model. So I had created good enough, uh, I'd say, uh, product in my portfolio which kind of built my credibility. And I, I always uh, tried to create a pull factor rather than trying to push myself into the trade and trying to offer my services i have always tried to create a pull factor where people feel that okay this guy is there who can um, do uh, do some good work for us and then they would approach me so that has been my way of working
0: you seem to be a giant in the product designing industry especially in india and with all your experience and with all your insights mm-hmm. uh, i want you to help young designers Uh, understand whether they have a knack for designing or not. So how can someone develop? How can someone understand whether they have a design thinking or not? Uh,
1: I think um, a lot of uh, personality traits can help you identify whether you should get into this profession or not. First, uh, probably you have to be a rebel in the right way. Like, For example, uh, if you accept the norm, then you can't become an industrial designer. Because for us, every day we're challenging the obvious. Mm -hmm. And every day we are trying to pushing the boundaries. And the biggest challenge is not your uh, limited creativity. The biggest challenge is actually when you have to convince people about the value of your idea. And they have to take business decisions. And that's the biggest challenge. So you have to be a rebel. You have to be very persistent. And I think the key uh, element to survive and excel in this profession is passion. Without which, you just can't exist.
0: So when you talk about being a rebel, um, you I heard I listened to you some of your TED talks, and you were talking about this concept of habituation. Yes the ability to, you know, get to not question things around you. And uh, you, you saying that it is a big problem. And if you are someone who is habituated to things around you, you may not be able to look at things from a point of view, to solve problems from a point of view, to find out problems and solve them. And being a rebel obviously helps you to not get habituated to things around you. Yes. So. By uh, day before yesterday, while I was reading about you, I realized that I am habituated. I'm, I am I am in the pure sense of the term a, a too much habituated. Like I never realized that below my refrigerator there was this utility box and it has such such good use. But after listening to your videos, you know, I started looking at things from a different perspective and I found out two or three areas where I can improve my room, where I can make changes to my room. That that was a, that was just a change in the way I looked at things and, you know, I felt that this change has brought, you know, changes in the way uh, I can solve problems around me. I think this is problem. I think this problem is done just not just with me, but a lot of people uh, in India, spe- especially that they don't, you know, seem to have uh, this ability to look at things with a point of view to solve problems do you also see this as a problem with people around us
1: I think first of all I'm very glad to know that uh, you've identified this element and you could see the change in yourself I think um, apart from design and all of it I, I've been constantly very uh, uh, you know active about design awareness and I try to bring in this change in people uh, and I believe that it's not only the industrial designers who uh, have the onus to change for good. Everybody in their profession, if they apply creative intelligence, they can actually bring a change in their own lifestyle. They can excel in their own profession. Mm-hmm. Being observant, I think, is keeping your common sense alive. Yes. <laughs> right. and. Uh, say it's very easy not to think. It's very easy not to think. It's difficult to think, and that's why people shy away from thinking and go with solutions which others are, have accepted. Mm. And then they say, "This is the way it is." Okay. But it is actually not the way it is. It is because you are accepting, and you're trying to find the easy way path path ahead.
0: Right. So I was reading about this interesting article on uh, product designing and uh, habituation in product designing. And and the author says, you should never use habituation as an excuse to justify lack of innovation. And that it's great that your product is doing good with people, but you still have to strive to improve that product, improve that experience around that product. And while I was reading this article, there was this uh, particular thing which I came across and I find it really interesting, which is that You don't, I mean, you know, you, you know, you're a product designer and your business is to solve problems, to to get better user experience to people. And who is the, who, who can be a better person to tell you what their problems is than the user themselves. But the thing is, you don't go forward and ask users about their problems because they have this user bias. They don't really understand the problems. You as a product designer has a responsibility to be uh, empathetic, and innovative enough to
1: understand their problems. How, yes. how much do you think this is the role of a product designer? This is actually the primary role of a designer. Okay. This is actually the, because I really don't believe in, in research. And then coming with research is only a technique which has to be done post. The idea is conceived just to check the feasibility, the viability, the commercial tech to commercial visibility, but not to judge an idea okay. or not to get an idea. See, a consumer will never showcase his or her inability to use a thing in a, in a certain manner. You ask them straight away that, is there a problem with this? They would say, no, I'm fine with it. Because if they, they feel, if they say there's a problem, it means they ha- are incapable of using it in the right manner. Right. Right. So I always feel that genuine need has to be felt. It will never be spelt out you just have to feel it and that's why observation is a very key uh, you know uh, technique to come up with these kind of identifying the facts and then coming up with the solution so your your user because they don't know what they want okay so how can
0: someone develop a design thinking
1: uh that's a very tricky question actually Because I think this will come over a period of time and uh, I think it's just by experience you'll have to uh, see that how well you are empathetic and how well you are amplifying with others' uh, problems. You know, sometimes my clients tell me that how do you read our mind? You know, and I don't have an answer to that because maybe I'm very observant. I'm highly observant to even the even the gestures, even the facial expressions, even the things around them. So I get to know what are they looking for. And I tell them, are you looking for something like this? And they are then, wow, how do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. So You have to pay attention to the little details of life, everyday life. And that's where uh, the fun is. I think most people uh, miss out on the richness of everyday life. We feel, we feel it is very mundane. But actually mm. our everyday life is very, very rich of resources of opportunities.
0: Mm. Mm. Right. And this also aligns with uh, what you said that uh, you, you see what you look for.
1: Yes, absolutely. So, absolutely.
0: so, so is it that whenever you uh, venture out, you always look for problems? Or is it that when you get a particular problem, when you get a particular, uh, what do you call it, job to do something,
1: only then do you look out for problems? Well, I must confess, the life of a designer is not very comfortable. Because you find problems in everything. Okay. And you only paid for some of the problems you solve for a client. Other things you still have to live with. <laughs>
0: So you're a person who's always looking for problems. Uh,
1: I think uh, I wouldn't say problems. I look at these as opportunities. Opportunities. So everywhere everywhere, I find an opportunity and if I can convert it into a commercially viable product then, then it's good for me and both for the society and the manufacturer. So I'm able to create a solution. So the result is a solution but the Approach is not to find a problem. It's to find an opportunity. Okay,
0: okay. Yeah, that was really great, sir. So uh, we, are, we have come to an end of the conversation. And it was a pleasure hosting you, sir. Uh, before we close, do you have any uh, end remarks for people listening to this podcast? Any tip for young designers out there?
1: I think uh, most industrial designers are moving away from industrial design and moving towards UX and UI. Hmm. And the major reason which I see is uh, they feel that th- that area is booming and hmm. there's good money in terms of remuneration, in terms of pay packages. But if you are trained in industrial design, you should stick to uh, the profession. And only when you you know uh, pursue it with wholeheartedness, then only you'll be able to succeed. Because this is a very niche area, and there are hardly people who are actually and genuinely practicing product design.
0: Okay, okay. Don't you think it becomes difficult for people to stick to their niche area when they can see that uh, uh, areas similar to their areas booming, and they can go and join that to, you know, earn money?
1: Exactly. That's about all about, that is the thing with habituation. That's the easy path.
0: <laughs> right. Yes, I understand. Okay. So I think uh, I wanted to actually talk to a designer and know more about designing. And uh, I wanted to start off with someone who has a lot of experience in designing. And I'm really glad that you came to my show. Uh, For my future episodes, I would like to, you know, know more about from different people about different aspects of designing, like UI UX designing also. But I still believe after reading, you know, a little bit about designing, that product designing is where everything started everything came out yes. of product designing and that is how i yes. like look at things
1: yes yes. this is the basics this is the basics um, of the design fraternity and then you can specialize in various other domains okay okay
0: so once again sir thank you so much for this uh, conversation
1: thank you thank you for having me here and it was wonderful uh, talking to you sir. yeah thank you so nice much day. sir. Yes, sir.